Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bueller, and I'm here with my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Hey guys! Today we are excited to be joined by head coach of the Utah Red Rocks, Tom Farden, and senior Sydney Soloski to discuss preseason training and their expectations for this season. After the interview, Brittany and I will share our thoughts on potential lineups and postseason outcomes for the Red Rocks this season. Also, make sure you stick around until the very end if you want to hear our thoughts on LSU's Gym 101 event that happened last week. Before we get into today's episode, we want to take a quick moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. Thank you to Cindy M, Bree C, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Caitlin P, Kristen R, Lori S, and Sabrina M. Thank you all so much for supporting our show at the highest tier level each month. We appreciate it so, so much. And if you like our show and the interviews that we do, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us keep the show going and, you know, continuing to provide quality content for you all in the future. We will have a link to that down below in the show notes, and you can also find it on our website, allthingsgympod.com. Thanks again so much, and now let's get into today's episode. Tom, why don't you start by giving us an update on how things are going in practice? You know, how are things looking in the gym? Yeah, I mean, like like a lot of teams in the NCAA, we we weren't immune to some of the challenges that this season has brought and the off season. Um, but in general, I, I really feel uh, we as a staff really feel that this team has has made some really good strides, and um, it, you know, in terms of getting their gymnastics back and their gymnastics strength back and then doing their skills and um, having some level of ownership with their skills. And so it's been exciting to see. Um, we don't do it alone, obviously. Um, excellent leadership from Sydney and the other captains. And uh, really, you know, one of the philosophies of Utah gymnastics is we've, you know, historically had a smaller team in terms of numbers and, and that smaller teams sometimes help you with cohesiveness and uh, building team chemistry and everybody getting on the same page and uh, moving towards the same goal. So based on what you've seen so far, what do you think will be the team's best event this season? If you had to pick one. Um, You know, we have the same beam lineup as we did last year. So that's kind of exciting. And uh, I know we finished uh, ranked quite high in balance beam last year. I, I, th- I think I think we were second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I also think floor is is really strong this year. And so those two events, um, I I believe we believe as a staff are are going to be some of our stronger events. Is there an event that you think might be slightly weaker? It's it's for us. Uh, we we think we're going to stay steady on vault, and then um, you know bars is is an event that you know, through, through un, unforeseen circumstances, you know, we don't have maybe the depth we've had in the past. I mean, we have nine bar workers that are capable of, of good routines, but uh, it's, it's hard to replace, you know, Hunter Dula's uh, exquisite lines and execution. Um, and Kim Tesson, she was just, she was in uh, radar lockdown mode last year on bars and just an incredible job. And then Missy Reinstadler, and just the way she did her gymnastics, and as I would classify her as a pure swing uh, gymnast in terms of just her flow. Um, and, and so those are really hard bar routines to replace. I do, we do feel as a staff that bars is the one event that, you, you know, we will progressively get better as, as the year goes on. And then Sydney, what about for you personally? How have things been going for you in the gym and what events can fans expect to see you on this season? Um, this year's been very different than past years, just with the preseason being so 
kind of delayed and pushed back, but I'm training the three events that my body will let me do, which is vault, floor, and beam. I'm hoping to break through in vault and floor again, and then hopefully um, make the beam lineup at some point this year. And how was it like getting back into the gym after having some time off? Because I know a lot of gymnasts were out for quite a period of time because of COVID and they weren't allowed to train and everything. So what was that situation like for you and how was it getting back into the gym? It was really exciting to get back into the gym. It was kind of the only constant that we had at the end of the summer this year. It was a little nerve wracking coming off of that long of a break as none of us have really ever had that much time off unless you're injured or you were like six years old and just starting your gymnastics career. Um, But I think the excitement of just getting back to the gym, getting to see our coaches, our facility, my other teammates, um, that was by far the highlight of all of it was just being able to get back and do what we love to do. How long were you out for? Do you remember? Um, Season got canceled March 13th, (sighs) I think. Um, And then we were back in the gym on June 15th. Okay. So was it hard for you to like get skills back? Cause I know some gymnasts, they say that they kind of liked yeah. having the break cause it was like gave their body a rest. And then some say it was a little bit difficult to be out for so long. So did you have any troubles with getting your skills back or anything like that? Um, I didn't think that I struggled that bad, to be honest. I've always been kind of someone who was able to do my gymnastics regardless of how much time I've had off. Um, just I've been injured a lot in my past in my career. So I think that that always is a blessing in disguise coming through COVID, but some girls struggled, but I wasn't really one of them. That was too bad. And Tom, I wanted to ask you about freshman Lucy Stanhope, because we've seen some videos of her and she looks amazing so far. She's honestly like a bag of tricks. She has one and a half on ball, a full in on floor, a full twisting backhand spring, backhand spring step out on beam, which is incredible. What are you expecting from her this season? She's got a full twisting pack too, which is pretty unique. Okay. See, I saw a video of somebody doing that during like your guys' Thanksgiving inner squad, but I wasn't sure who it was. So good yeah. to know that it was her. So yeah, she really is a bag of tricks. Yeah, she is indeed. And I, and I, I think that's a Barjma. Although, mm-hmm. although I saw an American kid do it in 1992 when I first started coaching, so, but I didn't get named after her, but yeah. nonetheless, I won't show my age. Um, Lucy's doing an incredible job and we really feel that she could be an athlete that could be a big impact for us. And um, she does have the, she is, you know, doing quite well with the, her vault and floor. We, we see her, you know, coming out of the gates and, and provide, you know, being in lineups on those events. Uh, but, you know, bars and balance beam, we're not going to uh, exclude her from, you know, participating in those events and lineups as well. Um, she's, she is one of those athletes we feel that came to our program, as you guys stated, with a plethora, or I like to say a vending machine of tricks. And so for the coaches, it's, it's fine tuning things and finding the skills that she hits most consistently and does with the, you know, the, the least amount of deductions. And so we're still working with that. Uh, we think we're getting closer with Lucy. Uh, we've got, you know, uh, her routines kind of in order and she's making full routines on everything, but uh, this is a talented team. And so there's, there's going to be some challenges to make some lineups, especially uh, you know, on floor and balance beam. I mean, those, those events are fairly deep for us. And so we'll, we'll see, we'll see a little bit more. We're going to do a little Red Rocks preview meet and we'll see a little bit more on, on how people respond uh, in our arena and under different circumstances. So we're looking forward to it, but uh, personality wise, she's been a joy. She's very even keel and uh, seems to get along with, you know, we believe she seems to get along with all the other athletes. Sid, would you say the same? I would have to agree.
What about the other freshmen? Where do you see them kind of fitting into the lineups? Well, uh, you know, we, we can talk about uh, Jalene Gilstrap, who's, you know, perhaps she's going to be very eye-catching with, with her leaping ability and her execution and her musicality. Um, you know, uh, Jalene has got wonderful musicality over on the floor exercise. And Courtney McCool did an incredible job, not only cutting the music, but uh, choreographing that floor routine. So Jalene is somebody we, wa we want to look for on Demon Floor as a freshman this year. And um, she's going to little get a little go at things, to, you know, at Red Rocks preview on floor for sure. And then Alani Sabado is uh, right now a lock on bars. Um, he's done an incredible job. Sydney and I were just talking about her the other day uh, and, and just saying how much she's, you know, her quarantine was, was really long because she was, she's from Southern California, San Diego. And so she was out for uh, four months, five months. And so it really took a lot for her to work hard and, and now is lineup ready on bars and then vault, she's vaulting and doing floor. And those will be, you know, progressively coming along as, as the season kind of rolls out. Are there any like new skills or upgrades? I know we talked about Lucy Stanhope, but are there any other exciting skills that fans can expect to see this season? You know, as far as new skills this year, um, well, we talked about vault and, and that's, you know, Lucy on the one with the one and a half. Um, on bars, we've got a couple of new dismounts that we're hoping to display. Alexia Birch will show a double layout and um, Jaden Rucker will show a double front half out. Um, on balance beam, Sid, you're gonna have to be my backup dancer here. What, what's going on on balance beam that, that would uh, be eye-catching and kind of new that is upgrades? I think it's Emily's aerial to back full. Yeah, Emily's aerial back full. The, the rest of the beam lineup is the same as last year, same skills. Yeah, and then on floor, I, I, I think the, the change, the biggest change people are going to recognize is probably Abby Paulson's opening pass with the two and a half, right? Yep, two and a half. Jaden, half in, half out. Oh, Jaden did learn a half in, half out. Thank you. See, this is, mm -hmm. this is why Sydney's so crucial to this interview. <laughs> I couldn't do this by myself. Um, I think that's everyone's upgrades. Yep. But again, I mean, with those upgrades, it's it's balancing that, right? Because they're they're learning new skills and then also trying to perform them, you know, in an NCA uh, platform. I wanted to ask about the large crowds at Utah because Utah is known for having like the biggest fan base in college gymnastics, really passionate crowds. But obviously, that's going to be a little bit different this season with COVID and everything that's going on. Is there any word on what things are going to look like on Utah's end as far as attendance at meets goes this year? Um, well, you know, first of all, I, I want to just you know, I know there'll be our fans you know, listening in on your, your podcast here. And, and we can't thank them enough for hanging there with us and over 45, 46, 47 years now, just incredible support throughout the community. Um, uh, and, and second of all, that we're waiting for a decision from the conference office. So right now what the conference has said, the PAC 12 has said no fans till January one, and then they wanted to reassess things. Now, what does that reassessment look like? Um, you know, our county's going to be in charge. Is the conference going to give some flexibility to those institutions? I'm not sure. I'm not, that's way above my pay grade. So we're waiting. Uh, obviously, we'd love to have, if it was in a safe environment and we could, we could do that, we'd love to have some fans. Um, I'm not sure how we would figure out which fans got to get in, but, um, you know, with 9,350 season ticket holders, we could probably drum up a few to take those seats if, if available. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I couldn't imagine having to pick, you know, who gets let in, who doesn't, when you have that big of a fan base with how passionate they are. Everyone wants to be there. Well, because there are some teams that don't have as, like, quite as big of a fan base. So you could say, like, only, like, 2,000 fans, and, like, that would be fine. But with you guys, it's like, you have so many just-season ticket holders. It's like, how do you pick? <laughs> Stressful. Well, we, Cindy and I were thinking about having a fan contest, and so we were going to make them scream through their masks, and then we were going to gauge how loud they were. And the loud ones were the ones we were going to rank and then let them in so but they have to be wearing a mask and they have to scream really loud and then we've got to find a mechanism to you know test all of this i love it yeah (laughs) sydney i wanted to ask you about the crowds you know as an athlete performing in the arena like what is it like to have that many people watching you and you know cheering you on what are the crowds like for you as an athlete Um, it's definitely my very favorite part about being a Red Rock. And one of the main reasons that I chose to come to Utah, it is the most electric, exhilarating experience you will ever have in your life. Um, you feel like a superstar, not only in the Huntsman, but just in Salt Lake City. And so having that fan base is so incredible as an athlete to know that not only is your university behind you, but your whole community is behind you. And I love the kind of external motivation. It's something that I've always thrived off of. So for me, you know, getting up before my floor routine and hearing 15,000 people scream my name is just, I can't even put it into words. Yeah, it really truly is one of the biggest stages you can compete in. Even like for elite gymnasts, I feel like the crowds aren't that big. Like you truly at Utah have the best of the best when it comes to the crowds. Most definitely. How are you approaching this year, Sydney, with it being your senior year? What's kind of the mindset going into this year for you? Um, I'm all in. I'm 100% committed to this team, to my gymnastics. I'm trying to enjoy every moment of it, even though it's going to be different and it's not probably going to be as fun or um, as energetic, but I'm still going to go in and do everything in my power to make it the best that I can for not only myself, but for my team. So this last question can be for either of you. So whoever wants to take it, you guys last season had a phenomenal year. You know, you finished fourth overall, your team didn't go below a one nine seven after the first mid of the season, which is incredible. And then you ended up as the PAC 12 regular season champs. So going into this season, you know, what are the teams, I guess for Sydney, for you, what are your personal goals? And then I guess as a whole, you know, Tom, you can chime in too with the team's main goal overall for the season. Um, Our goal going into this year is similar to pretty much every year we've ever had. We want to be the Pac-12 champions. We want to be our regional champions and we want a spot in the final four. Um, I think those would be our three biggest goals. Um, My individual goals also align with that because if I can achieve what I want individually, I don't see why my team can achieve what we want to. Um, And then coming off of last year, we can't continue to ride the wave of who we were last year because we're a different team. It's a whole different game. So I think we're still very hungry for um, the success that we had last year. And it's just motivating to know what we did last year. We can 100% achieve again. Yeah, yeah, last year was a real treat for us. I mean, as people know, um, I was fortunate enough to take a leadership role in this program six years ago. And uh, we've gone through a lot of change as a program. And one of the things I think propped us up for success last year and will prop us up for success this year is because of the amount of change we've had in our program. Uh, our, our athletes are used to change, embrace change, and then move forward with change. And so with them and their mindset and us as a coaching staff, uh, you know, we want to echo what Sydney 
said in terms of our goals. Those are our goals in year in and year out. And um, you know, we're, we're excited about this group. I, I know we're still pretty young, uh, but we're balanced this year. We have a little of experience and the staff has been together for the coaching staff, uh, Carly Dockendorf and Garrett Griffith and Courtney McCool and myself have now been together for a full cycle of things. And, and so I think that helps too. And so the athletes, um, I, I watched the uh, progression of preseason happen a little bit smoother than in years past, just simply because there's some continuity, some consistency, and the verbiage that people use with their coaching uh, triggers the same type of consistent responses that we want from the athletes. And so, you know, we're, we're optimistic, just like Sydney is, and, and we're going to roll our sleeves up, put our best foot forward and, and see where it takes us. Okay, so let's start by talking about how Utah did last season because they were actually having a really strong season until the season ended because of COVID. And, you know, they finished the season in fourth. They had just won the regular season Pac-12 title and were really looking like strong contenders to be down on the floor at Nationals to make the Final Four. And, you know, kind of like a lot of teams, they were kind of on a high, having a really good season, and then everything kind of got ruined. So, but the good news is they seem to be picking up pretty much right where they left off. Last week, the preseason rankings came out in Utah is ranked in fourth which like you just mentioned that's where they left off last season and you know they're not really losing too much that they're not able to make up with the Mm -hmm. freshmen this season so overall I would say Utah is looking pretty promising for this season and what they're capable Mm -hmm. of so you mentioned you know what they're losing they are losing a pretty impressive senior class from last season of course Missy Reinstatler she was primarily used on vault and bars she was phenomenal on those events occasionally did floor teens here and there but mainly vault and bars there was also Kim Tessen who was doing vault bars and floor for Utah and she really came through last season in her final year and really you know when you look how she started as her freshman year and then how she progressed throughout her college career really really impressive and was going all out last season which was really great and then also Hunter Dula who was doing an even bars and was a beautiful bar worker. So definitely some holes in the lineups that they're going to want to replace, but a really talented freshman class coming in. Yeah, so one athlete that Utah was supposed to be getting this season that unfortunately they're not anymore is Deanne Souza. She was an elite level gymnast at Texas Dreams Gymnastics, a beautiful gymnast. I think that her bar and beam work would have been incredible for this team. I was really looking forward to seeing her in college because, you know, sometimes gymnasts, they have like perfect technique and they're a really great gymnast but they struggle with the big skills and the consistency with those skills and I feel like that was kind of the case for Deanne but I thought she was really gonna flourish and shine in college gymnastics just because she is so technically perfect so it's a shame that she had to medically retire but you know Utah still has a lot of talent coming in and I think that they're gonna be okay so they have Jaylene Gilstrap who was an elite gymnast from 2016 to 2019 they also have Lucy Stanhope who was a member of the national team for Great Britain she was an alternate for worlds in 2018 won a silver medal with the team at the Commonwealth Games that year and she also competed at the European Championships that year as well so all kinds of experience 
And they also have Alani Sabato. She placed third all around and third on bars at the 2019 JO National Championships. I definitely think that bars is her best event and most likely we will see an impact from her this season. And that's an event where Utah is probably going to need the most help. When you look at those seniors that left, they all did bars. So we'll get to that in a little bit because we're going to break down, you know, the team event by event. But that's definitely an event where they're going to need these freshmen to step up. So it's a good thing that they have one freshman who, you know, really stands out on that event. So the good thing about Utah this season, I would say, is that for the most part, their lineups remain intact. There's, you know, a couple places here and there where they might have to plug somebody else in because of a lost routine from a senior that graduated. But really, overall, I expect them to be pretty steady and similar with what they did last season. Mm -hmm. So I think Vault is an event where, you know, last season, Utah was kind of feeling the loss of not having Michaela Skinner and McKenna Merrill-Giles, you know, those big vaulters at the back of the lineup but and Jaden Rucker who was coming mm-hmm. in as a freshman with this huge you know one and a half ball a JO national champion in that event and then she went down with an injury right she's out for the season but things look promising this season on that event so Utah has the possibility to have for your one and a halves which is I would say you know right on par with what a lot of the top teams are doing and what they can you know put out there on vault of course you know you want to have as many 10 start values as possible to really be in contention at the end of the season so I think that's a plus for Utah that they have at least four 10-0 start values and also some really nice Yurchenko folds that they could put in yeah so I think the locks for this lineup Alexia Birch you know the Red Rocks just had their preview and she stuck her one and a half there I definitely think that she's a lock for this event Cami Hall another person with a one and a half definitely look forward to seeing that this year and Lucy Stanhope one of the freshmen Mm -hmm. she has so she did a double Yurchenko double during her elite career and we've seen some training videos of her doing a one and a half. She just did the full at the Red Rock exhibition, but I definitely think that her one and a half is lineup worthy. And, you know, there's no reason why I don't think she's not capable of doing the mm-hmm. one and a half. I think that, you know, they just had her do the full and she kind of had a lot of power on it. So I definitely think that the one and a half is the most likely option that we'll see the season from her. And, you know, a lot of teams at the beginning of the season, they tend to play it a little bit safe, especially when it's not actually the season yet. So I have no doubt that at some point throughout the season, or maybe even the first meet of the season. I guess we'll see. But, you know, I think she's definitely going to pull out that ball and Utah's going to use it if they can get it. And Jaden Rucker, you know, we mentioned her, you know, last season being injured. She only did a full at the Red Rock preview, but it's a huge full. So regardless, even if she doesn't have her one and a half ready for lineup, you know, this season, I think her full is so phenomenal. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why they wouldn't want that in their lineup. And we mentioned some options. Utah does have other Yurchenko fulls that I think you know, are decent enough to be in the lineup. Sydney Soloski personally is my favorite. She didn't do it at the Red Rocks preview, but we've seen her do a really nice vault in the past. She stuck it at UCLA last season, which was super, super good. Also, Crystal Issa, Miley O'Keefe. I mean, they definitely have options on this event. Moving over to bars, like we mentioned, this is maybe the one event where Utah is going to be... I don't want to say struggling, but they're definitely going to... There's there's some ground to make up here because yeah. they are losing three seniors that were in the bar lineup and were pretty dang good. So this is the one event where they really are going to need the freshmen to step up. Likely locks for this event, I would say Crystal Issa for sure. Emily LeBlanc. Miley O'Keefe is beautiful on this event. I love her dismount. I mean, I think it's definitely a 
hard dismount for her to stick, mm-hmm. which can definitely prevent her from getting sometimes the higher scores that I think she deserves. But she did stick it at the Red Rocks preview. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully she's, you know, getting that consistency down on that so we can see some big scores this season from her. And then we mentioned Alani Sabato. I think, you know, she's definitely going to be stepping into this lineup. And I'm really hoping for Lucy Stanhope. So she does a bard wash, which, of course, I love when gymnasts bring the big difficulty to college. We saw Pin Pin Lee do that back when she was competing for UCLA. So I would love to see her on this event. Yeah, I think that she has really nice lines. And, you know, even with the four that I mentioned, there's still room for two more gymnasts in this lineup. So I definitely think that Lucy Stanhope is a very good option. And Abby Paulson, I think she's another person that she was in the lineup a few times last season. I think it, I think she did four bar routines last year so definitely someone that i think can step pretty nicely into that role moving on to beam this is an event where i think utah is sitting pretty because they're returning the same lineup as they had last season and then they also have some other options as well not to mention that this team last season they ranked second in the nation so a really really strong beam team yes and to have that returning is going to be absolutely huge for this Mm -hmm. team this year so of course miley o'keefe is a wonderful beam worker Abby Paulson. She got a 10 last season. Surprised a lot of people there. Yeah, as a freshman. I think mm-hmm. it was the first 10 on beam since Ashley Pastel, I think. Mm-hmm. So definitely really impressive for a freshman to come out and do that. Mm-hmm. They're also returning Adrian Randall, Crystal Issa, and then, you know, Jalen Gilstrap is a freshman. I think this is an event where, you know, it's going to be a little bit hard to get into the lineup just because when you have a team that's already so strong and you know that this lineup works, they can get up there and give you big scores. You know, how do you make room for somebody else? Uh, but they, I, they have to, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that that beam routine is not going to be in the lineup. Yeah, she has beautiful leaps, like great flexibility. Really, really love her on that event. So I'm hoping that she can find her way into that lineup. And if somebody has to come out, it's not because they're not good. And that's what sucks about only having so many girls up in a lineup is that sometimes girls have to sit out when, you know, they're really good enough to be in there. Yeah, I believe the lowest scoring beam routine coming into this season is going to be Emily LeBlanc. And again, like you said, it's not because she's not good. You know, she was also the leadoff. So sometimes the leadoff score doesn't always get, you know, the highest scores. And that's just because it's the leadoff. Right. Because they're not capable of a big score. But somewhere, somewhere, we're going to have to figure out how to get Jalen Gilstrap in, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because I think that she's too phenomenal on this event to not be in. But there's also Cindy Solosky. We've seen her on beam several times and she's a great beam worker. And then I kind of want to see Lucy Stanhope in, even if it's just a couple times throughout the season, because her routine is just so different than everyone else's. You see so many of the same skills over and over again, and she really just, on every event, just brings the difficulty, the originality. She does a full twisting back handspring to back handspring step out, and then her dismount, she does a full twisting back handspring to a tucked full off the beam. So... Really, really fun. I really enjoy that. Very risky. Mm-hmm. I feel like for college, like, that's a very, very risky move. Not saying I don't appreciate it and I don't want to see it, because I do. Um, I just think that, you know, there's a lot of room for error, especially with a dismount like that. Yeah. Like, it's just one wrong move. It's like you, you miss that connection. And, yeah, I think it's a risky game to play, but, we hey. We risk takers. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> So, floor exercise was Utah's lowest ranking event last season. They actually finished eighth on the event. But the good news is, is 
They didn't have Jaden Rocker last season, which they will now, and she has a huge tucked full-in on floor. And then they also have Lucy Stanhope, who also has a full-in on floor, so I think that gaining those two in your lineup is really gonna help. And then, of course, they got the staples, like Sydney Selaski. She's kind of the big name in this lineup and I think the Utah fans have really come to love her on this she's event. She's like the staple I feel like. Mm-hmm. Her floor teens are always so much fun to watch. Her double layout is amazing. It's huge. She nails it every single time mm-hmm. so I definitely think that she's you know the perfect way to finish off this floor lineup. Mm-hmm. Miley O'Keefe of course doesn't really have the big E tumbling pass, but super clean technique. And of course that translates to big scores in college gymnastics. So Utah's going to love that. Then of course there's Adrian Randall and she's actually the second highest returning score on floor. So that's going to bode very well for Utah. And then they've got some other girls that, you know, are really good on this event too, like Abby Paulson, Crystal Issa, and you know, maybe even Jalen Gilstrap. Yeah, Jalen Gilstrap. I heard from somebody who was in the arena that she did a two pass routine. So she didn't do her first pass, but she did floor at the preview and she looked great. Her leaps are again, like we already mentioned, stunning out of this world you know Tom also said that she's beautiful on this event so really hoping to see her somewhere in there this season even if it's just you know a few times or in an exhibition spot Mm -hmm. definitely looking forward to seeing what she can bring on this event Overall, though, I think that this is going to be a good year for Utah, and I see them being the leaders in the Pac-12 conference again. For sure. I see them doing well in the postseason, being in contention for the four on the floor, you know, at the national championships, and I just see good things happening for this team. Yeah, I think that... Actually, in the preseason rankings, I would have moved Utah up and LSU down. Mm -hmm. I think that, and Michigan as well, but maybe I'm just biased because we're Michigan fans. No, Michigan's good, but go listen to our Michigan preview if you want to hear what we think about Michigan. (laughs) I think that, yeah, the preseason rankings that came out were pretty accurate, and I feel like it shows that Utah is one of the greatest teams in the nation currently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always talk about Florida and Oklahoma, and, you know, we come to expect greatness from them, but you have teams like Utah who are really just right up there in the mix with them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're a national title winning team too. And Mm -hmm. it's been a while since we've seen them win a national title, but they're definitely still in this thing. And I don't think people should be counting them out as far as, you know, postseason success because they really do have a strong team this season. Yeah, and I agree, you know, with our interview with Tom. He said that Beam is probably their strongest event this season. I would agree with that assessment. Mm -hmm. You know, returning the exact same Beam lineup, the number two Beam lineup in the nation. That's going to give you some confidence. Yeah, and I think that bars might not, I don't want to say weaker, but I do think that might be... A challenge? Yeah, or an event where they just don't have as much depth. Mm -hmm. Bars still a good event nonetheless. And I think that Vault and Floor, similar to last season, I think we're going to see some big gymnastics. I think we're going to see some exciting big one and a half vaults. I think that we're going to see not as many E-passes on Floor as some of the top teams, but still a very solid, consistent, steady team across the board in all four events. Clean and consistent is what wins the game. True. Very, very true. So moving on, we want to talk a little bit about LSU's Gymnastics 101 showcase that happened on Thursday. I want to start by saying that, first of all, it was really cool to see some live college gymnastics again. It was. It kind of took me back to the days when there was college gymnastics before COVID. Right, like way back in the day. Just right. Just been that long. <laughs> well, honestly, I mean, it seems like with COVID, like, 
2020 has just been a blur. And to be able to sit there on the couch with our Ben and Jerry's ice cream, just watching some gymnastics live, it was good. It was a good feeling. And it definitely got me amped up for season, mm-hmm. for sure. And although it was a lot of fun to be able to watch college gymnastics live again and kind of get that excitement gearing up towards season, I was a little bit disappointed with how everything played out in regards to you know, wearing masks and just being safe. And I think if this is any indication of how the season's going to go, that's very, very scary and concerning. And we just want to make it clear that this isn't coming from a place of hate. We're not trying to hate on LSU. We're not trying to pick on the gymnasts. I think there's definitely people out there that take it a little bit too far and they start, you know, calling people names or they're, you know, making comments about the gymnast appearances and stuff like that. Like, that's not necessary and I'm not cool with that this is just strictly about being smart and being safe and holding institutions like LSU not even just the gymnastics team but the university itself to high standards mm-hmm. you know everybody during this pandemic has some form of responsibility and I think that you know wearing your masks social distancing from people not having large gatherings of people The stuff that you guys hear about on the news and we all should be well aware of by now, you know, that's what's expected of all of us. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, people who aren't on sports teams, random people, Mm -hmm. every single person in this world, and in the United States especially, you know, that's just sort of the expectation. That's how we're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. And to see, you know, a public display from one of the major universities in the United States and to kind of feel like they just aren't taking it seriously. And at this point, it's almost becoming... I almost want to say, like, a little bit of a mockery. Mm -hmm. It feels like they're seeing, you know, criticism or feedback on social media and, you know, they're kind of just dismissing it and they're kind of just continuing to do what they've been doing and... It's a little bit concerning to me because I think that, you know, Bob Moore, the assistant coach, was out. He wasn't even at the meet because he has COVID. Olivia Dunn, two weeks prior, had COVID. And she's, you know, fine, thank goodness, and she'll hopefully be okay for season. But there's just... Close call. Yes. And, you know, the whole team, instead of having, like, a two-week quarantine, you know, they're kind of just going about things as normal. They're trying to, like, cheat the system if that makes sense or they're trying to like they're not doing what it feels like you or I would have to do if we came in contact with someone who had COVID or what's recommended that you do like yeah they're kind of just trying to like make their own rules as they go it seems like and that's not a very smart thing to do during a pandemic and it's also just not setting a very good example which as athletes, I feel like they kind of have some sort of responsibility to do. You know, these aren't just your average Joes walking around on the street. Not that that's okay for the average Joe on the street either, but like when you're competing and representing your university and, you know, it's, this wasn't necessarily a televised event, but it was a streamed event that thousands well, it, of people it were watching. Was. Yeah, there was a broadcast and it was a lovely broadcast and it was, you know, high quality TV footage and. All it really did was display that, you know, the coaches, the athletes, the fans in the stands, that nobody in that neck of the woods is taking this Mm -hmm. very seriously. And I think we all knew that going into this, but it's still a little bit disheartening. Yeah. And you you hope that they're going to get it, or you hope that they're going to do better, or you hope that at the very least they would see the criticism that was going around on social media over the weekend and 
take a step back and think like, hey, like maybe maybe what they're saying is true. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there is some truth to what's being said. Maybe we could have handled this better. The thing is, is like there was just so much happening there that should not have been happening. Like it's not even like a matter of, and this sounds like I'm making excuses for people, which I'm not, but like it's not just like they were wearing masks and they weren't wearing them properly and like, okay, maybe they just didn't realize that they had to pull it back up. You know what I mean? Like that's easier to justify. Yeah, but like we have Didi Bro who also had COVID at one point. I don't know exactly when, but it's been reported that she already had COVID. Standing there with a microphone announcing and all the gymnasts are coming up to her to give her hugs and she's interviewing them after their routines. And it's like, you know, at some points there were gymnasts wearing masks. We saw Sarah Edwards, you know, kind of motion, like, I need a mask. And then she ran and grabbed, like, paper and was covering her mouth. Because there's, like, apparently just no masks in sight. And Which is crazy. Yeah, And it's like, does she not think anything of the fact that, like, she's hugging all these girls that she doesn't live with? Because that's kind of the thing. Like, if you you shouldn't be coming in unmasked contact with anybody that you don't live with. And Dee Dee Bro does not live with the entire gymnastics team. So, like, she should have been wearing a mask. Why was she not wearing a mask? She's not even doing gymnastics. You can't even pull that card. No, there's no excuse. There's literally no excuse. And Dee Dee's also high risk because of her age. So, like, where's the common sense here? And another thing, too, is I see a lot of... So, in the college gymnastics Facebook group, I was talking to a woman who had the same last name as a gymnast on the team, so I'm assuming that she was somehow related, either a mom or aunt or somebody who was related to one of the gymnasts, and... You know, she's making the point that they live together, but the mm-hmm. whole team doesn't live together. Right. Like, these are all girls who are now home for Christmas, mind you, which is fine. I'm not necessarily saying that they shouldn't be allowed to go home for Christmas. Like, I would want to go home for Christmas if I was them, too. I'm not, I'm not at all saying that. But, but like, you should definitely be point, wearing masks so you don't bring stuff home to your family. My point is with saying that is that they all do separate things. They all don't live together. They all go out and they get groceries and they go see their friends and they go home and they do this and they go to a sporting event. Mm-hmm. You know, Olivia Dunn posted a TikTok today of her in the stands not wearing a mask and someone comments on it and they said, where's your mask? They said, I'm not trying to be a snowflake emoji, but where's your mask? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I just took it off for this one talk. And it's like, do you not get it? Do a TikTok with a mask. COVID doesn't go away. For your one TikTok. That's not how this works. Right. You're surrounded, but you can see people around her in the background. Does she live with all these people? I highly, highly doubt it. The other thing is, you know, there's so many teams in the nation that are doing a wonderful job with this. Like, Michigan is one. Florida. I mean, really, like, there's so many teams. Utah, they had their preview. Mm-hmm. Everybody was wearing masks when they weren't competing. It was lovely to see. And yeah. granted, I guess I will say, I didn't see the full preview. I saw bits and pieces of individual routines. But from what it looked like, it appeared mm-hmm. to be far better done than what LSU has done. Yeah, you have teams out here that are literally doing gymnastics while wearing a mask. And I get it. Like, that's not for everybody. That could be seen as like a safety concern or whatever like but the thing is when you're not on the equipment you can be wearing a mask there's no reason why you can't be so why was olivia dunn standing there before floor she didn't even do a floor routine she did a dance through why was she standing there the entire floor rotation not wearing a mask why did she do her dance through without wearing a mask like, she could have worn a mask to do that. It's like, that just shows the negligence and that they just don't care, it seems like. And that is really, really 
hard. That doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. And I think, you know, something that LSU fans will say, or the family of these gymnasts, or the coaches, whoever, whoever will want to listen to this episode and possibly say something to us about this, is they'll probably say they were all COVID tested before the meet, which is probably true, and that's great. They, they should have been COVID tested. And I'm glad to hopefully know that nobody in that building, the athletes at least, had COVID. That's how it should be. But that still doesn't mean that you shouldn't be taking safety precautions, especially on such a public display. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we tweeted this, you know, on our Triple Twist account. I can't imagine what goes on inside the gym because mm-hmm. this is what they're doing publicly on a stream that they knew thousands of people were going to be watching. Yeah. And they were still not wearing their masks. They weren't social distancing. There's fans in the stands who aren't wearing masks. Yep, Alana Arenas' dad, they showed on the big screen and, like, they were talking about him and he's sitting there without a mask on and there was a bunch of people in the arena without masks on. Yes. And it's, it's, like, just, it's just not a good look. Yeah, you would just, like I said before, I guess you would just expect more from a top university um, and for a gymnastics team that's one of the best in the nation. You know, the negligence that they showed, even if everybody on that team was tested for COVID that day and, you know, they all don't have COVID, I think that the way they've handled even the criticism of this, I think it just speaks volumes to their stance on this issue and what they're willing to do about it going forward, which doesn't really seem like a whole lot. Again, I was saying in that Facebook group, I was talking with one of the family members of a gymnast, and she sent me Jay Clark's email and said, if you have a problem, take it up with him. And I kind of sarcastically responded, and I said, what good would that do? Jay Clark's someone walking around with a fucking piece of cloth on his mouth that doesn't even work. It's too thin. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like a safe... And a, a, a mask that's proven to be safe. And at times was walking around and pulling his mask yes. down. We saw people in the background, to, you know, pulling their mask down to cheer and then putting it back up. It's like, they just don't get how this works, I think. Jay Clark, literally, there's a video going around of Alonas getting ready to go on vault, and he pulls it down and is walking with it down. Why? Mm-hmm. What was the point of that? it's really really frustrating it's just the lack of understanding and then when it's brought to their attention they get defensive they get extremely defensive you have reagan campbell you know trying to come at us on twitter i want the athletes to be safe reagan campbell i want you to be safe believe it or not and i want the people that you come in contact with the other gymnasts and other teams that are going to be traveling to your school Mm -hmm. um i think that people are allowed to be concerned People are allowed to be frustrated with how LSU handled it. And, you know, it, do- it doesn't mean that we hate LSU. It doesn't mean that we're attacking the gymnasts. It doesn't mean that we're, you know, really trying to go at anyone. We just want them to do better. Mm-hmm. And the only way to bring that to their attention and make them possibly understand it is to kind of by causing an outrage about it. Mm-hmm. And that still doesn't even really seem to work, unfortunately. Um, I guess, you know, season will roll around and hopefully we'll see you know, what changes they've made. Hopefully they've learned something. I would have to think that somebody in the athletic department would enforce this stuff with them and say, like, hey, like, especially when you're competing on live television... You know, you have to be wearing your mask and you have to be, like, taking these protocols. You have to make it at least seem like you care. Right, like... Exactly. Like, even if you're not going to take them seriously and you're going to be all anti-mask, like, at least do your job when you're on live television and act like you care. Yeah, overall, it definitely was really frustrating. I think the response from particularly Reagan Campbell, but 
you know, even just seeing other people in the LSU gymnastics community, you know, um, whether it's the other guy who announces, um, like the MC guy, mm-hmm. I don't know, his name is like Mike, I think. He follows us on our Triple Twist account and he tweeted something about people like blowing smoke at LSU and it, it just, yeah, it just really felt like they they missed the point. It just went, whoosh, it went right over their head. And I, and I get you know, going on Twitter and seeing, like, everybody talking about your team. And, like, I understand, like, why you don't like that, but... You should probably use it as an opportunity to, like, reflect and be like, huh, like, is there any, like, smidge of truth to what they're saying? Well, and just, like, knowing that, like, people have been affected by this. You know, so many people have died because of COVID. And to see so many people just kind of turning a blind eye to it, it seems like, and acting like they don't really care... Or they're not affected by it. Um, it's just really, really unfortunate. And I was hoping for more from them and from this event. And I really, really, really hope that, you know, something changes between now and season. Because I'm not very confident that we are going to have a season if teams are pulling stunts like this. <laughs> right. I guess if we want to try and end on a more positive note, what are some good things that came from Gym 101? Well, it was nice to see Alona Shinakova competing all four events, mm-hmm. and she did a really nice vault in her tranquil fall. That was a surprise, yeah. and she stuck the landing, but that was a surprise because I never really saw her competing on vault. So, and she's training a one and a half, of course, like I said, only did the full, but... The full was, was actually pretty nice. Promising. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Very promising. Haley Bryant was another one that mm-hmm. was super wonderful. I think that she's going to be a stud for LSU. On all four events. Mm-hmm. And she did on floor a, you know, double front, which she had done a piped full in in her J.O. career, so... That was exciting. Yeah. And then she also had two different bar dismounts that she competed. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this on the show before. I'm not really a big fan of the double front dismounts, but she also did the double front with the half turn out of it, the same dismount that Savannah Shane here from Florida does, and that was very nice. Oh, I'm hoping that, you know, if she's picking between the two, hopefully that's the yeah, I with. feel like that one's going to be a lot easier for her to stick, which is going to be crucial for their bar lineup. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I really enjoyed was Olivia Gunter on floor. I don't remember if it was during her routine. Or, oh, I know what it was. They they did their first passes separate from their floor routines. So they all went first and did like their passes and then, well, their first pass. Sorry, I'm not being clear. <laughs> they all went and did their first pass and then they did like their routines with the last two passes. And she did an Arabian double front and she like nailed the crap out of it. Yeah. And I listened to an interview that Jay Clark did after the fact and he said that was like the best one that she's ever done. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Well, hey, there you go. <laughs> So, I mean, it was exciting, definitely. And like we said in the beginning, just watching college gymnastics again, super fun. It got me all pumped up and ready for season. How did you feel about their leotards? I'm pretty sure those were brand new leotards. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was something they were going to wear postseason and then obviously that didn't happen. I liked them. Um, You know, to be completely honest with you, I don't always like LSE's leotards. They're kind of meh. But not your cup of tea? Yeah. But, I mean, I liked these ones. I thought they were pretty good. They were... um, flashy and they really like popped it kind of almost reminds me of like a throwback leo of some sort like i feel like i've seen this leotard from lsu before it but looks, i also don't think i have it looks like a leo and i this is a podcast so unfortunately i can't show you pictures but it reminds me of a leo that was around back in like maybe it was like 2013 or even like 2011 and like every team had this leotard but i don't know, of, I don't know what you're talking but about. of course in like their respective colors i'll have to show you a picture but it just reminds me of a leotard that I've seen before from many teams, like, way back in the day. 
And then interesting. it's new. So, I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting. You know what? Now I'm looking at it. It kind of looks like something I've seen Bama wear. I feel like I've seen a lot of teams wear Bama, okay, hold on. Bama 2011. Because I remember oh. seeing Sarah DeMeo in it. Yes. I know what That's so random about. of me to remember that. Mm-hmm. But it's like all red. And the the yellow part on LSU's lead heart is white. No, it's kind of like, um, like... Oh, but this is, we're a mess here trying to describe these leotards. I, I know. I think I know what you're talking about. Unfortunately, the people listening aren't going to know, but... They're just like, shut up and maybe, maybe we can post a picture. Good idea. We'll post... If we find a picture of the leotard we're talking about, we'll post we'll it We'll do on, like a side-by-side comparison. We'll post on um, our social media accounts, which is All Things Gym Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Nice little plug there. <laughs> Great way to wrap this up. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. And of course, thanks to Tom and Sydney for taking the time to join us on our show. We loved having you guys on and we're definitely going to be rooting for you this season. So good luck. And we will be back next week with another season preview. We're getting closer to seasons. So we're running out of time here. Yeah, we're going to have to start doubling up. I think next week we're going to do Oklahoma and Denver. We're going to throw them together because they're in the same conference. And so like, why not? Um, and then the following week, we might do three. Um, we're trying to, we're trying to hit all of the top teams, and then if we get any requests, we're trying to throw them in there as well. So you might see a couple teams bunched together just so we can get everyone in before season, but be on the lookout for that. And we hope you guys have a great week. It's Christmas, so Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. We hope it's great. Happy holidays. Maybe that's a better umbrella term to use. We hope you guys have a great time. If you spend it with family, please be safe. Wear your mask. If you're from LSU, (laughs) please wear your mask so you can come back and have a healthy season. Right. All college teams, that applies to all of you. (laughs) If you're listening, it applies to everybody in this world. Like we said, even if you're not an athlete, do the right thing. I'm pointing at the mic right now. expecting you to do the right thing we hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you next monday bye Bye.